We're on page 16 on Sif Dalid of the Maimer. And we just left off and Sif Gimel speaking about as a preface to understand why the oifin, the way that Avram Avinu spread Elikos was through the Eishel. Why is that important? Being that the main thing was the way that he made the idea of Ahasaga. He made that everyone should have an understanding and a real comprehension of godliness. So... What is the, what does it matter so much that the oifin of the pirsum, the way that he was mafarsim, publicized godliness, revealed godliness, was was through the eishel, achilas sila levoya, like we said. So he said, preface that that the savas elamus bia is through the asasvidus of atzilus, the creation of the worlds of the created worlds bia is through the channel of the divine energy through the ten svidus of atzilus. We proved that that it says basadam and modis the ten utterances the world was created, the ten utterances are parallel, refer to the ten svidus. Explained how the um, first two memories about the Oyer is the idea of Chokma and Rekia is the idea of Bina. And that's what it means. Through ten things, Hashem created the world. And it goes to enumerate the ten spheres basically Chokma, Mesfuna, Madas. So then we said a general question about this, though. It's not understood seemingly. The ten spheres of Atsilis are the Kosmamish. They're literally godly. Like it says that Hashem. The infinite essence of Hashem and His lights, His energy is one. The infinite essence of Hashem and even the Kalim of Atzilus are totally one. Whereas the Elamus Biyah are a Metzias Yesh, totally existence and it feels its own entity. So how could it be that from the ten spheres of Atzilus, which are totally godly, they should bring about an existence of the created worlds which feel themselves as their own independent existence with limitation, and they even to the extent which they feel themselves separate from godliness. And this type of creation is in a way of yesh mi'ayin, of something from nothing, meaning where the yesh does not feel any connection to its source, to the ayin. That's why it calls it an ayin, because it doesn't feel like it exists within its realm. It's totally above its comprehension. But here, so how could it be that from the, the ten spheres of Atsilas, which are literally godly, there should be produced an existence which totally is opposite of that godly existence, of an existence which totally doesn't feel that godliness, which is inherent in the existence of the spheres of Atsilas. And then we said that even though also Chachma, which is the first of the ten spheres, it's also a Yashmi'ayin, Chachmi'ayin Timotzi, but the Yashmi'ayin of the spheres of Atzilus is a different type of Yashmi'ayin than the spheres, than the um, created worlds. The Yashmi'ayin of the spheres of Atzilus are in a way of a Ha'araba Alma, not in a sense of a to- totally new existence. It's a revelation of a more diminished, contracted ray of divinity which is enlivening the spheres and not the Etzim. But it's not an, a Yashmi'ayin in the sense of a totally new existence. So, still, after all this explanation, the, um, the uh, so the spheres of Atzilus are a literally a ray from the essence of Hashem, the Kusmamish. If so, it's a wonder. How could it be created from the ten spheres of Atzilus, which are literally godly, these created worlds of Biyah, which are Yesh, and they sense themselves to be separate from godliness? So, starting on Ois, on Ois or Sif Dalit, who to the explanation is. The way that this entity of the worlds of Biyah was created, this entity which feels itself separate from godliness and feels its own existence, which is totally opposed to the theme of the world of Atzilus, how was this Yesh created? It was through the breaking of the shattering of the vessels of the world of Tayu. As it's known that before, like we're learning in Parshish Badeshis right now, before the world was created, there was just a Tayu Vavoyu, chaos, and which refers, according to Kabbalah, 
a higher level within creation before the world was actually created in the way which we are present within it now, which is not just before in time, but before in Maila, a higher level, which even exists at this very moment, which is the world of Toyu, which is Toyu in the chaos in the sense that there's the revelation of divinity is so strong there, and it's such an intense revelation of the infinite essence of Hashem, that the vessels that were there weren't broad enough, so to say, didn't have the capacity to contain that intense energy, and therefore there was a shattering of the vessels. And then those shattered vessels fell down into the worlds and basically are what bring about the sparks of these shattered vessels are what bring about the feeling of yeshes within the Nivrayim, within the creations. And the world of Tikkun is main, mainly expressed by the world of Atzilis, in which the Oyer now, the godly energy, can be contained within the vessels and expressed through these vessels. Because it's not such a revelation of intense energy, now it's just a diminished, contracted revelation of godliness. Whereas in the world of Toyu, it was such an intense revelation of Hashem's infinite essence that the Kalim there weren't able to withstand it, and therefore there's a breaking of the vessels. So the creation of the Yesh of these worlds of Biyah is through the fact that there was a shattering of the vessels of the world of Toyu. Takashara Kalim, so why did that shattering of the vessels bring about this feeling of Yeshes, of feeling one's own identity? Takashara Kalim, that's the Sphiris of Nishmaru. When the vessels of the world of Toyu broke because of the intense revelation within them, like the Marshalts brought in other places in Chassidus, a person, Chas will look directly at the sun. Seemingly, the whole idea of light is what allows a person to see. So it would make sense that if you look at the sun, which is the brightest thing, you should be able to see even better, with more clarity. Whereas, but we see for our character, because the sun is so powerful, the kalim, the vessels of the eyeballs, are not able to withstand, contain that intensity of that shining of the sun, and therefore it can make a person go blind, Chas so therefore, that's the same idea of the shattering of the vessels of Tayu. Too much energy is what causes the shattering. The same which happened to another in the view. They had such an intense yearning that their bodies were not able to contain the yearning of their souls, and therefore their bodies totally um, were nostalgic. Their soul was nostalgic from the body, totally removed and exited the body because the body couldn't contain that intense yearning that they, they experienced. Also the Mashal, the Arbash and Ichim Sutapardis, the four that went into the study the deep secrets of the Torah, and most of them, three out of four, had a Shvidas HaKelim. Were not able to contain that energy. It was too intense for them. So, when the vessels of the ten Shvidas of Tayu broke, then, when that shattering of the vessels happened, then the divine energy, which is revealed in the world of Tayu, was nostalgic and became removed from those vessels and went back to its source within the infinite essence of Hashem. But now, these broken vessels, which are now divested, removed from the oil, which initially was trying to, so to say, enclose within them, when this oil was removed from these vessels, now the, these shattered pieces, so to say, of the vessels of the world of Tayu fell down into the lower worlds and within the klipa of Noiga, which is within the neutral klipa, which basically is the things which are mutter, and therefore they have a certain concealment of divinity upon them. They don't. When you look at these things, like a cow, which is mutter, you don't see divinity. You see just an animal. But it has the capacity, because it's not totally a klipa shalosh klipa It has the capacity to be uplifted, connected to godliness, and to be used for a var mitzvah to make a cloth for a tefillin, etc., for um, or for say for teda. So these Shivrei Kalim, these broken vessels of Tayu, now fell down into the lower worlds, into the Klippa. So now you go into the, um, the neutral Klippa, and that is what brought about this feeling of Yeshis, 
of feeling one's own identity in the worlds of Biyah. And so basically, as explained other basics to this, the creation, the idea of Tayu is not, does not mean, God forbid, that Hashem had some type of problem in the way, in His plan of creation. That initially, He wanted so much energy to be revealed, and all of a sudden the plan went wrong, and there was a breaking, and therefore He had to fix that and make it Oil No. This was all all with Hashem's initial purpose. Because the way that Hashem set up the system of creation, there would, it would be impossible to bring about a world which is diametrically opposite to the godliness which creates it. It would be impossible to create a world which feels itself separate from its source, from divinity, and totally conceals that source. To the extent that there's a Mitzias of Klippa, which is even Menaged Telikos, the only way to bring about that being is in a way of shvira, of nefila, of falling, of breaking of the vessels. And therefore, basically, this idea of a world of toyu is what allowed for the creation of a yesh, of an entity which feels itself totally opposite of godliness, feels its own identity, even though the truth is enem avadai. So that was why Hashem initially brought about this world of toyu in order that there should be this process of the breaking of the vessels that should eventually bring about, through the falling, the shattering of these vessels, to bring about this feeling of yeshes. And that is why we had to, that's the only way to bring about a yesh. Not, there couldn't be just a gradual descent from Elikos, like we asked earlier, that the, from direct, directly from Elikos, all of a sudden become created a yesh, that doesn't make sense. It's not going to, no matter how much you metzamsim, the oyer, the key, it's never going to be bring about an existence which is totally opposite of it. No matter how much you contract it and condense it, it's not going to become a different existence. It's going to be vital, the same thing, just the more con- condensed, contracted, concealed way. So therefore, you have to have the shattering of the vessels, which basically brings about this nefila, which is totally be'ein areich, to bring about existence, which is be'ein areich, no connection to its previous source. That is the idea of the shivrei kelim toyu nafel mata benegi benasim chenis yesh kihine inyan kelim who inyan aisis. So for behold, now the whole idea of kelim to explain this idea more, the breaking of the vessels, and the of the Oyu, which initially is shined within the vessels of the Toyu, and then the breaking of the vessels, the shattering of those vessels being the source of Yeshus in this world, let's extend, understand the idea of Kalim. The idea of vessels is, in general, the idea of Oisius, of letters. And when it means the breaking of the vessels, that's the idea of breaking of the letters. So now let's explain the idea of letters and this idea of shattering of the letters. In general, letters are channels, are vessels, to express ideas, to express concepts through them. Just like vessels contain within them whatever you put within them, water, liquid, etc. So too, letters contain within them and express through them are channels for the light of intellect through intellectual ideas, which are expressed through letters. So now, the revelation of the light of intellect, of the intellectual ideas which are expressed and revealed through letters and shine through them, and are channeled through these letters, there's four different ways that the light of Seichel can be revealed through letters. And in these four ways, we're going to say, Zelamalim is that each one higher than the next. Ha'alif. Letters, in general, are channels of expression, of revelation, of the intellectual ideas, or also emotional ideas for that matter. So what is this first level? And which be, is going to be the lowest level, and the next one going to be a higher level. And Zelamayim is that Ha'alef Ugili Oyir Asechol Mezgalah B'Ha'isis V'Akavim 
Shemehem Nivdhaist. One is a revelation of the intellectual ideas which are revealed through the letters and the actual lines which make up the letters. And the letters are built by these lines. When you write a letter, it's made up of different lines and different dots. And there is an intellectual idea being expressed just through the actual way that you write a letter. To explain that more, for behold, every single letter of the 27 letters of the Hebrew alphabet is built up of different letters, of different lines, um, and of different letters themselves. Each letter is made up of different letters, like we're going to explain now, and different lines. For example, the letter Aleph. The way that you build or write the letter Aleph is through two Yuds, which is on the top right of the Aleph and the bottom left of the Aleph. The top right is a Yud, and the bottom left is an upside-down Yud. And then the diagonal line is between these two Yuds is the Vav. That's how you build and you make the Ois Aleph. So you see that the Ois, the letter itself is made up of different letters, of Vav and two Yuds. Yud Lamayla, Yud Lamata, Vav Ansa. A Yud above and the top right, a Yud below and the bottom left, and the Vav between them. The Ois Beis, now the letter Beis, Binyani Mi Beis Kavim, is built of two different lines. The Ois Ve'ois Vav. And then, besides these two lines, which are the top roof of the base and the right side, which is uh, the vertical line of the base, then there's the bottom, which is the vav, the bottom uh, floor of the base. The kava elyin hubericha v'klaf, the upper the upper line, which is into the width of the klaf that you're writing, the parchment you're writing the letter on. The kava base hubericha v'klaf, and the second, the second line is in the oirich and the Length of the cloth, um, which is the one that goes up and down, and the vav is on the bottom of the base and it's facing upwards. So we see again that this letter is made up of different lines the top and the right, the width and the length, and then the bottom is an upside down vav made up of another letter. Um, Gimel is made up of two letters, of Vav and a Yud. Um, Vav is written regularly, not upside down, not backwards, just the regular Vav. That's the right side of the Gimel. And then the Yud is written um, widthwise and now facing upwards. So just inverted, not the regular way of writing the Yud, but it's still made up of a Vav and a Yud. So we see that the letters themselves, which are the matter, meaning the lines, which in which through which these letters are built, are written, are formed, they have a certain intellectual idea which is being expressed through the actual lines which the matter, the letter is made up of. The because every single line that the letter is written through is made up of is indicates a certain type of revelation of divinity or a revelation of intellectual idea through this these lines. Because that's the general idea of the word ois in Hebrew. Ois, letter, also means, implies revelation. Like it says in the verse, and he came with the myriads of his angels. Va'asa is from the word ois. It means coming, meaning the idea of coming. When you come somewhere, you're being revealed. You're revealing yourself into that place which, you're, which you arrive to. Also, Baker, another verse says, in the morning came, the morning arrived, the idea of the revelation of the light of the morning. Shuin which is the idea of revelation. So that's one idea in the revelation 
what's the whole idea of letters? They're just kalim of expression, which they hold, they contain within them something, and they express the the oyer of your seichel, the intellectual idea, through them. And there's four different ways that the oyer of seichel is revealed through the letters. This is the lowest way, just through the actual lines in which the letter is made up of. Every line of that letter shows upon a certain type of revelation of an intellectual idea. And every line, depending on the way it's written, tells you something different about this letter and what it means. In other places in Hayyamim about the it means the Yud Lamaila, Yud Lamata, and the Vav Ba'amsa, what the concept is, the, it's the Yud Lamaila is the Abishter, the Yud Lamata is the Yid down here, and then the Vav Ba'amsa is the Kav of Yudah All these different lines in which the letter is made up of express different uh, ideas. Vahabes, the second idea of the expression of the Oira Seichel through letters, through these Kalim of letters, these channels, Gili Oira Seichel and Mizgalabit Munasois. Then there's the general revelation of the intellectual idea which is revealed channeled through the shape of the letter, not just through the lines, but the shape of the letter itself. The kol eis v'eis harei kishenivne b'tfunosei yesh b'gili e'raseichel. Every single letter, when it's already drawn up and it's built in its certain form, it expresses, it channels, it reveals to you a certain intellectual idea. Akumai eis alef. Like, for example, the letter alef. T'munosei hu yud ma'al ma'al v'yud ma'al t'vav b'amtza which its form, its formation is through a yud above, a yud below, and above in, 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 in between. The Gimel Eisis Elush, Mehem Nivno Eis Aleph, Hare Yeshlehem, Pirushim Vamashahim. These three letters of Yud and the two Yuds and the Vav, in which the Ois Aleph is made up of, they have their own explanations of what they mean and what they are in themselves. So, Kshinivno Eis Aleph, Betam and when you put all these letters together in its form, the Eis Aleph, Hine Oz Yeshle Oid Pirush, Noisafal Pirushim. Then there is an even additional explanation besides what each one of these letters mean in and of themselves. You have the combination of all these letters together and what that means. And now we're going to give an example of this. So just to correct what I said earlier then, when I said that there's the intellectual idea, the oyer, which is expressed through the kavim themselves, it's not this idea which I was saying, that the kavim, the express a certain idea, like I said, it was really this idea of the yud l'mayla, the yud l'mata, the yud l'mayla, the vav m'amta. It's just the etzim kavim, the whole idea of kav, the ois, expresses the idea of expression. So each, each, the way you write the letter, just the different form, the different directions that the lines are in, and the different way that you write the actual form, the actual lines of these letters, is already expressing to you a certain revelation of an idea. And that is first one idea. Now, the second thing we're saying here is the form, when you form all those lines together, not just each line in and of themselves expressing a certain idea of Gili, but now the whole, all these lines, how they build the whole ice, express another idea, another intellectual idea. Because each one of these letters of the Aleph, the Yud and the Yud, they each have their idea which they express. And then the Vav has its idea which expresses. And then when you put them together, the general formation of this letter Aleph, then there's a bigger idea which expresses. A yud shows usually on Chachmah, or just the flash of the concept. The Vav is the idea of Amshacha. They each have their idea, but when you bring them all together, they mean something else. And what does that mean? Here is the example right here. Kidu Aleph is Liyash As it's known that the letter Aleph, its form, it's the way that you write it. The Tmuna of this Ois hints upon infers to the Yesh Amiti, the true existence, meaning Hashem's true essence, was the Yesh Amiti, the true existence, whereas our Yesh is the Yesh of this world. We call ourselves Yesh, but we're the Yesh Nivra. 
the creative, the creation yesh, or our yeshes is a negative yeshes, which we feel ourselves to be separate from godliness, whereas the yesh amiti, Hashem's yeshes, is the true yeshes. His existence is truly a yesh. It is the only true existence, whereas our existence is totally dependent upon Hashem creating us every moment. So we're not a true yesh. Our yeshes is totally dependent on Hashem. So the ois aleph, the way that you write it, the formation of it, all the letters, hints at this idea of the yesh amiti, the true existence, shuhu the creator, and then there's the yesh anivra, the creation yesh, which is the negative yesh, which feels itself to be a separate entity, its own existence. And then there's the ayin, which is the vav, which is unifying these two yeshes, these two existences together. The higher, the upper yud on the top right, that hints to the yesh amiti, the true existence of Hashem, the creator. The lower yud, the top bottom left, all the yesh and hints to the created yesh. The vav and the vav, which is going in the middle, who We're on the next page now, is the ayin, the bittel, which unifies these two yeshes. Now, what is this idea of this ayin, which is machaber, the yesh nivra and the yesh amiti, the yesh amiti and the yesh nivra, the yisavas, the yesh nivra, in order to create this yesh of this creation, which feels itself to be its own existence, who well atzmistafka only comes directly from Hashem's true essence. A climber who like it says, famous Tanya Simon Chov, that only Hashem in His true essence has the ability, to create a an existence from nothingness. That in, the, in in a way where the yesh doesn't feel it's that it's it doesn't feel that it has a source, meaning it totally feels independent, just like Hashem in His true essence is the truly independent existence. He's not dependent on anything else. Therefore, he is the source of this creation of a yesh anivra, which feels itself to be totally independent. Doesn't feel that it has a source. So the Isavas Yashanivra, in order to bring about this feeling of independence in the in the creation, is only from the true independent existence of Hashem's essence. Who the way that you can unify these two Yesh, which are totally opposite, is through the Ayin. And how does this unification happen through the Ayin? The um, the little stem, so to say, of the top yud, the top right yud, is touching and unifies with the vav between um, meaning from the upper side. If you look at the aleph, the um, the oikets of the yud, is touching on the upper side of the vav, which is the, this is the from the top from the upper part of the of the vav, and then the stem of the the lower yud, touches the underside of the vav, from the underside of the vav, and through this ayin, which is between the yeshamiti and yeshanivra, you can have this creation of the yeshanivra from the yeshamiti. And basically, so the, the yesh ha'amiti is the only thing which can create a yesh, a nivra, which feels itself to be independent. But you have to have this ayin. And we see that the, the ayin is what unifies them together. And that's how you see that the two letter yuds are touching directly the vav, which is unifying them too. So the indication of this is the ifin, 
The way that you can create a yesh of the creation from directly from the Hashem's essence, which is seemingly totally opposite of the yesh, is only through the concealment and the hiding of the creator from the creation. Meaning that the essence of Hashem is what is creating the yesh, meaning that it should be, feel itself independent, stems directly from the independence of Hashem's essence. But the way that it's created is through the concealment and the hiding of the creator from the creation. Because if the creator will be revealed to the creation, then the creation will be totally nullified out of existence. Its existence will be totally, totally nullified and it would be as if it never existed. Like the famous Chazal says about these um, angels, if Hashem would just put out his little finger between amongst the angels, it would totally burn them up. Which means to say that Hashem, what does it mean? It's an analogy that there was a revelation of a little bit more divine energy than the angels could withstand. And Nisifrun is about them, it's Yusum, and Sarf, and he burned them up, meaning their existence totally became nullified and burned up, so to say, if they never existed. We're going to get to the idea of this Ayin Be'emta, this idea of this Ayin, which is between the Yashamiti and the Yashanivra. We're already explaining it now, but we're going to get to the actual explanation and the Pnim soon. But just to bring out a little bit, um, it says in other places in the Chassidus, but between two Yashas, which are Be'ena Reich totally incomparable, you have to have an Ayin Be'emta. Famous mushal is about the seed. You take a little seed, and in order for that seed to become a tree, which has grows fruits and has amazing flowers, which from this little seed, which has no taste and no, you know, sight of any beauty to it, all of a sudden it's going to become this new mitzvah, which has totally been of a tree. It has to be in this battle and nirkav totally rot within the ground and lose itself, and then only then can it sprout to become this new yesh. Here too, if you're going to go in the other way around, from the Yesh Amiti, to create a Yesh Anivra, there has to be a Ayin Be'emta, a total Tzimtzum, like we're saying here, a Helen in between. If you don't have this total Tzimtzum, this Bittl, in the sense where the the Ayin, the Yesh, the yesh Amiti, is becoming totally, totally concealed from the, from the Yesh Anivra, only through that concealment, which is going to be called the Ayin, we're going to explain later, can you have this transformation of the Yesha Miti to a Yesha Nivra, which are totally different ideas, different perspectives. So just to continue now more about the idea of why, if you have a Gili, which is more than the Yechoilis Aklita, from the capacity to contain that the Nivra has, then it's a misbattle. battle. So, all of the emanations and the creations that Hashem emanated and created from the highest levels to the lowest levels, whether we're talking about whether we're talking about the hosts of the heavens, meaning the higher creations, the more spiritual creations, the angels, etc., or the planets, the galaxies, or whether we're talking about in the hosts of the earth, or all the earthly creations, physical creations, every single emanation, every single creation has a has a specific capacity that it has the ability and a specific limitation of how much divine energy from the Moira Atzmi, from Hashem's essential luminary, the, basically the infinite essence of Hashem, how much it can receive from that expression of that infinite essence of Hashem. How much divine energy can it contain within itself? That is how it was created initially, with a specific capacity and limitation of how much it can receive. 
A medida he medida alakis, and this measurement that each creation has is a godly measurement, meaning masha asvas kviyachol modu luchol netzol manivra Hashem imenol leinigrava olav yisif. That the fact that Hashem, in His very essence, sort of say measured for every single emanation, every single creation, that this creation should not get less, should not get more than its capacity. It's something that Hashem decided, He set up in creation, every single entity being has a certain capacity to contain the divine energy within it. The inanimate objects obviously have a very, very small capacity. The vegetation has more of a capacity, as seen from the fact that it can grow. The animal kingdom, even more capacity, it can move. The humans, even more, the fact that it can think and speak. Then you have the angels, which are even higher level, which have a higher level seichel and less limitation. They come; they have a less of a limitation of this ability to to contain the godly energy. So too, this applies to the creation of the actual physical creation of the yesh. It's with a known measurement from Hashem how much this yesh, this entity, this physical entity, has the ability to contain within its within it to receive the, the godly energy. And how can it receive this divine energy? And the only way that it can receive it, the way that Hashem set it up, is only through the fact that there is a concealment of the Creator in within the Ayin. This is the Ayin, which is, unifies the two Yuds, the Vav, which unifies the two Yuds, or the two Yashas. So that has to be a, a concealment of this infinite divine energy of Hashem into the Ayin. Shua Yudin, which is this ayin is referring to the vav, which unifies the two, the intermediary between the two yuds. Both sides of the yud, the top yud touches the vav from the top, and the bottom yud touches from the bottom. This is the idea. These two sides that the that the yuds touch of the vav, the top side and the bottom side, is this idea that the the ayin which is the mamutza, the intermediary between these two types of yesh, the yesh amiti and yesh anivra, is split up into two. Ayin shal yesh amiti, ayin shal yesh anivra. The ayin of the yesh, of the true yesh, and the ayin of the created yesh. What does that mean? Basically, in order for divinity, Hashem's very essence, to be able to create this created being, which feels itself to be independent, and therefore we see that it is a direct expression of Hashem's yesh amiti, who is truly independent, but there still has to be a ayin bamza. Because these are two diametrically opposite yeshes. In order to go from one yesh to another yesh, which are totally incomparable, you have to have an ayin, a total concealment of the divine energy between these two stages. And what are these two? This, what is this ayin bansa? Explain other places to this that there's the ayin, there's two stages in this ayin. There's the ayin of the yesh amiti, and then there's the, a lower level ayin, which is the ayin of the yesh anivra. So the ayin of the yesh amiti is. The after the Yesh Hamiti, the true existence of Hashem, the Hashem in His true essence, conceals His divine energy, conceals His essence, so to say, conceals the revelation of His essence, the Oyerin Seif, and allows there to be a lower level revelation of divinity, which is still totally above the capacity of the creations to receive. This is the Ayin of the Yesh Hamiti. This is a Ayin in the sense where it's totally nothing compared to the Hashem's true essence, because it's already a concealment from his true essence, and just a infinite revelation of divinity, but not the true essence of Hashem. So here you have the ayin, the level of divinity, which is totally com- com- considered nothing, ayin, the sense of nothing, compared to the true essence of Hashem. Then you have, when that, when that ayin of the Yesh Amiti, 
descends even lower, becomes more contracted and more concealed and condensed, diminished, to the extent which now it's on a level where it can be a direct source to create, to enliven the Yesh Hanivra, meaning now you have this level of divinity contracted to the extent where it's basically the Eir Mamali Kolomim, the light of the Hashem which fills the worlds, which can be a direct source for creation, which is a light of Hashem which allows the creation to feel itself. That's the Ayin of the Yesh Hanivra. The Yesh Hanivra, meaning it's Ayin in the sense of not because it's like in the perspective of the Yesh Amiti, it's Ayin because it's nothing compared to me. The Yesh Hanivra, this is Ayin because it's still above our comprehension, above our realm of understanding, and therefore we call it Ayin. In Bilti Hasaga, it's not understood, it's not felt, it's not sensed at all to us. So there's these are the two stages which are both called Ayin, but allow for the process of creation of the Yesh Hanivra from the Yesh Hamiti. It's basically stages of the symptom of Hashem's Oyer, the stages of these almost of the concealment of Hashem's essence, which allow for the creation of a Nivra, a Yesha Nivra, which feels itself to be totally separate. If it was just be a, dire- a direct expression of Hashem's Yesha Miti, then it would be Viter, just the revelation of divinity, and there would be no feeling of self. You can have now the expression, the creation from the Yesha Miti to create a Yesha Nivra, an entity which feels itself totally independent, just like the Yesha Miti. But it actually is a new entity, and that only can be through the ayin, the emsa, through these two stages of the ayin, the ayin, basically two processes of the symptom of the ayin. At first, the divine, the true essence of Hashem is concealed, and then that essence is is brought down even lower. This infinite revela- revelation of divinity brought down even lower, but still considered ayin, meaning still considered not revealed, not comprehended to the yesha nivra. So that is the Vav, which unifies the two Yuds, the Yesh Amiti and the Yesh Anivra, and this is the idea of the second level of expression of the Oyer Seichel through the letters, which is expressed in the Tmuna of the Loisius, the formation when you have all the different letters come together. So, Harei Sha'ir Vigilia Seichel Hameir Ba'eis Yud Aleph Hu Gilia Eir Seichel Acher Mikmai Gilia Eir Seichel Hameir Mezgalim Bahagimol Eisis Shemehem Nivna Eis Aleph So we see that the intellectual idea and the revelation of this idea which shines in the letter Aleph is a totally different intellectual idea from that which is revealed in each one of these letters in and of themselves in the letter Yud by itself and the letter Vav by itself when you have them all combined together it totally comprises and makes up and expresses a totally different idea which we have just explained of this idea of the Ois Aleph and Tzmuna hinting to the Yesha Amiti the Yesha Nivra and the ayin has to be the emta to basically the concealment of the creator from the creation. Now, another idea, the third, another higher, higher level idea of the expression of the intellectual ideas through Oasis, through the kalim of Oasis, then you have the third level, which is the revelation of the intellectual idea, which shines and is revealed in the combination of letters together, not just one letter by itself. As it's expressed in Sefer Yitzira, it says two stones build can build two different houses, and three stones can build can be combined to build six different houses. Which what does that mean? Always stones are compared to Isis explained other places. So this stone is an inanimate, inanimate object; it doesn't have any content of its of its own, any oil or any expression, any energy of its own. Even the energy it does have, you you can't see it. So two letters are the lowest level and. By themselves, you don't see the intellectual idea coming through them. Only when you combine them together, 
to make sense of a little word, then you could see the the energy coming through them, the idea expressed through them. Even though we just explained that Oisius, even the Kav himself, expressed a certain revelation, but in general, when you look back in a more general way, every Ois in and of itself doesn't express an idea unless you have it combined to form a word. Just like a, a idea of Daimiv, of, of Avonim, stones, which are very inanimate, don't have any expression of life. So the third idea here is now when you combine the letters together to make a word. Like the Sefer Yitzhida says, combining two stones, combine, combine the two different ways, three stones in, in uh, six different ways, basically from two letters you can make two words, from two letters you can make six words. Combine from From two letters you can make two different combinations of words. From Aleph and Bez you can make Av, Father, or Bo, which means come, come or father. So we see a, a higher level of an expression of intellectual idea through the kalim, the channel of the vessel of Isis, expressing a full idea through making, forming a word by putting letters together. We'll stop there in the middle of 17, at the beginning of Isis, Sif Hei.